Hey guys and welcome, Coach here. Hey, I wanted to get you to think about the, the whole topic we're talking about here today by going down this road with me. Imagine the house that you live in right now. Think about the thought, the design, the planning that had to go into making all the multiple facets and elements, parts and pieces, which had to be assembled in a certain order so that you can walk through that front door every evening, turn on that light to the, from the switch next to you, adjust the heat or the AC so you're comfortable, and then go upstairs or back in the bedroom and take that refreshing shower after a long day. Imagine if it wasn't done properly and in the correct order and there wasn't very much thought put into it. Now imagine if the builder decided to do the steps out of order and maybe two of the bathrooms didn't get plumbing correctly or no electrical went to the garage or the wiring that was used was uh, undersized and then maybe they didn't put a damn hose bib out in the front yard. You can see how your life from something so simple can get complicated in a hurry. So be glad and I'm assuming that everything at your house works correctly, at least on the inside. Those planning, and that's those steps, step by step by step, from paper to underground work, to site work, to concrete pad or foundation, to bringing up the framing, etc. It all has to be done in a certain step and manner, or things get really screwed up at the end of the build, plain and simple. You don't want to have a kitchen floor where you put a marble on it and it rolls to one side in about four seconds because the concrete pad or the floors are way out of plumb. Well, you know something? In landscaping, it is the same way. At times, there are fewer parts and a few less steps. Yet I hear the struggle from folks all the time. It kind of sounds like this. Quote, hey all, new homeowner here, and I have no clue what to do about blah blah blah. Or maybe, uh, hey Reddit, what should I do about, I have absolutely no experience with blah blah blah. Or lastly, you know, I really want to have this, but I don't know how to go about it because I've got this, 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 and this. This is what we are talking about today. A common sense approach to addressing landscape needs. Basically, a complete thought given to all we do in our residential landscapes. Man, I hope you all had a great holiday. Glad you're joining me here today. Let's get started, shall we? Hey, maestro, step away from the damn chocolate bunny. There's work to do, hit it. Hey, I'm Matt and you can call me coach. Every week I bring you those landscape tips and tricks, the design concepts and thought processes in an easy to understand format so you guys can tackle projects yourself, both big and small, get the professional type of results you want, be a heck of a lot more self-reliant in this day and age, and save, save a boatload of money. You know, after a 20 plus year career as a successful self-employed landscape designer, contractor, retail nursery manager, and educated in college through Ornamental Hort, I bring with me a lot of knowledge and experience that I want to share with you guys, the modern, educated, self-reliant homeowner of today. So here's something to think about, and if you feel good, maybe take some notes on this one. But before we get started, and I'm talking before you have the house, before you even have the house, 
I would like you to consider some of these thoughts. First of all, where do you live? And when I say, where do you live? We're talking about area of the world, okay? What purpose will this yard or landscape serve? What, what is its main purpose? What level of maintenance do you want to have on a monthly, weekly, and annual basis? And the big one, and then we'll taper it down, what budget, what budget do you realistically have? Another one is what issues does the landscape face? And therefore, what issues do you face? And we'll cover that in just a little while. And finally, what are my wants and what are my needs? Oh my God, the big W and the big N. I cannot tell you how many times those have conflicted in people's minds over the years. Think about these topics before you even put a shovel in the ground, cut a branch, buy a plant, or sign the final escrow papers. You have to, have to, H-A-V-E, have to. When addressing your location or where you live, think about your environment. And when I say that, I think about uh, where you are in the US of A, Canada, Australia, wherever you might be listening to me right now, where do you live? and specifically your project area environment. What exposure will it have? North, north, east, south, or west? A single home throws a much smaller shade shadow than a two-story home. What the project area looks like in December will be quite different than what it looks like exposure-wise in June. And how would you know that if you move in on December 1st and now you want a landscape in February? And you're putting a hydrangea in the ground because, oh, look, it's all shady over here. And then come June, it is sitting there literally in a frying pan because the sun shadow has caught up to it. What soil will things be planted in and how will that affect the landscape project? You know, do you have uh, nothing but rock? And I'm talking shaley stone that needed a huge excavator with a rock breaker to carve out your lot. Now you have to landscape that bastard and you don't have nothing but one inch of soil everywhere. It's really gonna steer you into what you can and cannot do. You know, maybe you got uh, relocated for your job. You were down in uh, humid, sunny, southern Florida, you know, and you really miss that split leaf philodendron plant that you had out in the front yard because man, it looked so good. And now you're in Omaha, Nebraska and it's November, and you're moving in, and it's suddenly five degrees as a high. Now you gotta think about that split leaf philodendron being your uh, houseplant. And what the hell are you gonna do with that landscape out front that is already six inches frozen ground? And what are you gonna put in then? These thought processes are very, very important when it comes to where you live. Now, when giving thought about the purpose, the purpose of what your landscape will serve, think about this a little bit. When I say purpose, everybody's landscape purpose is different. It is just like people's opinions. It, it, they're all different. And time allotted for this house, time allotted for this house and the landscape is gonna be quite different for someone who maybe is 28 and single versus 32 and married, versus 35 and married with six kids, two dogs, and a cat. Or maybe 
Maybe you love to entertain. You're a partier and you love to have lots of people around you all the time. So you love entertaining family and friends regularly or not. Maybe you're a, um, a very private person. You don't have a huge social life. You have a great job and you've managed to save and get into this house. So how is your landscape purpose gonna change then? Maybe you find a great deal of pleasure from gardening and you're good at it and you get a, a total de-stressing and a huge cathartic release by being out there in the evening and checking on your dahlias or seeing which tomatoes ripened or are my peaches ready or how's the lawn doing or the opposite. There's a lot of those folks out there but you have to have something, right? You, you should have some form of landscaping. You know, maybe you want harvests of some kind, or do you prefer all store-bought stuff and you don't want to fuss with it? You like to lay out in the yard naked, and you need to have, you know, maybe you're a sun worshiper and you need to have a little bit of privacy and a lot of sunshine. You like to bake out there on a Saturday afternoon. You can see what the purpose of the yard will change with every single person. And there, there's no doubts that oftentimes, even within own families, within their own families, your purpose of the landscape will vary from husband to wife or from partner to partner or from teenager to parent. Addressing maintenance concerns. Many homeowners hate, and I mean that with a capital H, both men and women, they don't even want to think about firing up a mower and mowing a lawn every Saturday morning. They, they would rather pull their damn nails out of their fingers. Hence a billion dollar industry of landscape maintenance. There's a boatload of people out there that uh, go out every Monday through Friday and sometimes on weekends and mow everybody's lawns. And there's some goods and bads to that, but at least you're not having to do it, but can you afford it? You know, but others love Others love being in a landscape that they have created, especially with their own hands, and reap a great sense of satisfaction from maintaining it themselves and keeping it beautiful and productive, vibrant and colorful. You've seen those houses in your neighborhood, I'm sure. So maintenance is another big thing that you have to address in your head before you have it in your life. And where do you fit on that sliding scale? I have seen some people that would rather pull their nails out when they were 25. Well, by the time they're 35, they want to have the best damn lawn in the neighborhood. And all of a sudden, they're posting their landscapes on Reddit. And they can't believe how much they have pendulum swung back to landscape homeowner extraordinaire expert guy. I've seen it. I've seen it dozens of times because... We as human beings, as we grow and mature, at least most of us, our, our needs, wants, and likes change. They really do. What, what I used to like to do at 22 is much different than what I like to do at 62, I'll tell you that. Okay, moving on. Let's talk about the big B in the room. This is one that uh, I just talked about, I think it was last week. I've been so darn busy with book and online course, sometimes I forget, but I believe last week's video was about landscape costs. But let's talk about the personal cost of landscape. Let's talk about your budget 
oh my God, the dollar and how I have seen it literally paralyze folks for months or even years and they never move forward. And their yards, that their, their dream yard never becomes a reality. And they get more frustrated and they get more depressed about it. And eventually they just freaking move because they can't, they're in the house that they want, but they can't move forward because, oh my God, I can't, I can't bring myself to spend, even if I did it myself, I can't bring myself to spend $12,000 on a yard. But I have an $80,000 GMC Yukon in the garage that I make $800 a month payments on, but my backyard looks like shit. It looks like absolute crap. As a matter of fact, that's what covers a lot of my landscape because that's where my two doggos go, the Great Dane and the Rottweiler. And no wonder sometimes you don't have a nice yard to sit down and relax in on the weekend after you've pumped in 40, 50, 60 hours at the job. You know, they oftentimes want a $70,000 landscape front and back, Ugh. but they only have $3,000. To that, I say this, and th this is not, I'm not being demeaning or anything else. To that, I have some tough love advice. I really do. Coach Matt kind of says, you should have thought about that before buying the damn house. It's really plain and simple. People save and they scrimp and borrow and steal their way into getting the home they want. Maybe it's their first, maybe it's their third, but by the time they get there, all they can really do is turn their pockets inside out and go, uh, now, now what do I do? I've got a dirt lot in the back and it rained two inches yesterday and Doggo is traipsing in mud and we can't keep the house clean. See where I'm going? And that big nut you have to crack every single month called a mortgage precludes you from any additional finance qualifications. So you can't go out and borrow anymore because you're maxed because you got the GMC Yukon in the garage and you've got private school for the kids and mm, man. Okay, especially you new homeowners with no landscaping at all, you gotta have, you know, you, you gotta put something in. Well, what do you do when you don't have anything left in your pockets? You know, at least you uh, existing homeowners, when you guys buy, at least you have something. It, I would assume it, it may not be Sunset Western Garden cover landscape, but at least it's something. Most of the time, they can call it a landscape. And you can go out there and it probably has a patio, albeit cracked. It probably has a lawn, albeit a Heinz 57 lawn. And you've got a fruitless mulberry tree that's lifting two of your walkways, but you got some shade. So at least the existing homeowners can make do, so to speak. Considering this complete complete approach involves realistically deciding on a landscape budget. Not pie in the sky thinking, but a true sensible budget you can live with. Whether you're going to do it yourself, which I always recommend, or if you go out and hire ABC Landscape Company to put it in. This is done long before escrow closes or earlier, like going back 
when you're starting to think about shopping for a house. You can go to real estate so-and-so and they're going to say, okay, what do you qualify for? Oh, okay, you qualify for this. Let's go look at these houses which are within your qualifications and you find that house, the one that you want, and you see that there's some deferred maintenance in the front yard or the backyard or there's some deferred maintenance in the house itself. But man, is it in a great school district. Oh, we got to get this house. And so you qualify for the house, but do you qualify for the things it will need? And therein lies some creative financing. And any real estate agent worth their salt will have some type of mortgage broker that can work deferred maintenance repairs and stuff or reduce the price of the house, etc. So ignoring ignoring certain issues and this is gonna be a big topic here ignoring certain issues in your landscape may result in huge huge wastes of money waste of time if not addressed from the beginning of the landscape thought process saying you cannot afford to do that right now is a very poor approach a very narrow school of thought and warrants a serious serious re-examination of it. You know, if you have the house, but it's cantilevered on a hill and it has a so-so carving in the backyard that has maybe a piece of cement down there called a patio, but you've got drainage issues that are washing it away, the house may be in the greatest place in the world. And you say, well, we can get in there and fix up that patio. The patio, maybe you should control that runoff and that water first and address those needs, which is coming up, those needs rather than your wants. It's a very, very serious thought-provoking process when it comes to some of these things. Say, for instance, you discover that serious drainage issue. Maybe it's a steep runoff, like I just mentioned, or it's the opposite. Maybe it's a huge low spot in the backyard in kind of a, the bottom part of the neighborhood, and you get all of the neighborhood runoff accumulating in your yard and it has nowhere to go and you don't find this out till four months after you occupy it was never disclosed and now you have to deal with it but you'd rather have a new deck or you want to have uh, a whole perimeter because you got a privacy issue that you have to address as well. So which is more important? And you can only hope that that low spot accumulation of water isn't anywhere near the house. That's, that would be one thing. <laughs> if, if you overlook something like that, then you're asking for a dwelling disaster in the future. You got to address those landscape issues first, then the other needs and wants. That steep runoff area can magnify over time and render other areas of the yard damaged and totally unusable. That flooded area, like I said, hopefully it's not next to the house, can make the play area, an additional parking area, a shade area, plant health, and seriously, your landscape future of that piece of property virtually impossible unless you address it. The soils you have to work with, you're talking about issues still. The soils you have to work with might need attention or augmentation. Like I told you earlier, an all rock, no soil type of landscape directs one to think more like, I think I'm gonna have to go like raised bed and containers here. And maybe a heavy clay soil, one that is like gumbo when wet and cement when it's dry. 
if it ever dries, suggests a very narrow window of workability and then an introduction of a lot of organic amendment and augmentation to that soil so that you can have a thriving lawn. So you can have plants that are gonna thrive a lot better besides just natives. I read that all the time about native, native landscape this and native plant that. Well, those are all good, but sometimes you gotta think about what native plants are capable of doing. They are propagating monsters sometimes and they will want to reproduce and spread their seed you know, not just where they're planted, but all over the yard and the neighborhood and the city. So you have to be sure that in your plant selection, based on the issues you need to address on your soils, be careful, okay? How about watering needs? Maybe you have a, a particular property and you need, there's never been an irrigation system in, you have one hose bib on the whole house, you have this backyard you have to redo or install, and so the issues of getting water to this landscape is one of your challenging projects in front of you. A lot more important to at least irrigate what you're gonna put in the ground rather than say a special shower nozzle in your master bathroom. There's this want to need thing. Dragging a hose every week up and down a hill or wherever can take up a lot of time. And that all goes back to the maintenance we just talked about, where you at? If you didn't want to drag a hose all Saturday and that's how you want to spend your weekend, then knock yourself out. Lastly on issues is, you know, what about privacy? Either your privacy from peering eyes around the neighborhood. Maybe you're the one with the single family and you're surrounded by three, two stories, or you've got that and you don't discover this till a few months later, but you got the weird neighbor, the one with binoculars, the one with a telescope, the one with whatever. How can you and how should you correct those types of issues? Finally, let's talk about our wants and needs. Probably the biggest thing I ever dealt with when dealing with folks at the kitchen table was their wants and needs. Even between spouses, it's amazing the dichotomy or difference between what the wife wants and then what the husband wants or what the two partners want or whatever. They have different points of view. And before I sat there at their kitchen table, on their dime as my clock is ticking. They have never discussed this so far. Some have, some are well ahead of the curve and I've always, I always admired working with those people. But those who have never really given much thought are difficult people to work with, mainly because there's no congruency. And I, you know, I've shared the story about the, the police being called and yeah, I've shared that story in previous videos and I have it in the book and in the course. <laughs> if you can't get on the same page about something as silly as what color the back patio should be, oh my God, what, what's the rest of your life like? But this can be a summation of all the things we've discussed here today and in previous videos, wants and needs. Folks put a lot of thought into where they want to buy the house what they want as far as a commute and what it will be like if I buy this house. What schools can the kids go to if I buy this house? What neighborhood values will be in the future if I buy this house? What the neighbors are like, what crime is like, and hey, just like in California when you buy things, you gotta disclose, you gotta disclose now whether there's any registered sex offenders in the area. But few think about what will it take to reclaim that backyard jungle they saw in that house in the neighborhood that allowed kids to go to a good school, their commute was cut in half, 
values seem to be going up. There's no sex offenders in the area, and crime is at an all-time low. But they don't give a damn about the backyard, and they don't have the dollars to actually address it. Maybe that is why guys like me existed for 20 plus years. I do feel good, and I know it's a very tangible result in a vocation when I can solve these problems for people. But that intellectual property, that education, that, that know-how, it costs money. And if the budget doesn't call for a professional to come in and do it for you, then you've got to get over that hurdle yourself somehow. There is that precarious, very precarious balancing act when it comes to satisfying everybody's wants and still meeting the more important needs. Very hard to do sometimes. You know, it's like she wants a hot tub. He wants a man shed out back where he can put the pool table and smoke cigars with the fellas. But they have four dogs and four kids. And two of the dogs, like I said, are a Great Dane and a Rottweiler. And what kind of landscape stands up to four kids? Let's just say under the age of 12 and four dogs. Those kids have got to play somewhere. The dogs have got to play with them somewhere. And what is going to stand up to that? How do you meet that need? Always, always, always satisfy the needs first. Address them and think them out. Sometimes it might be hard. Sometimes you might have to sketch something up and go to the nursery and ask somebody. Sometimes you get on Reddit. Sometimes you listen to me. But you have to address it and you have to satisfy it. And then once that part is figured out, landscape-wise, it's all downhill from there. Because your budget's going to dictate taking care of the needs first and then taking care of your wants. I always suggest, and I'm a big proponent of this, is taking a few weeks leading up to occupancy. Uh, you maybe have put in an offer and it's been accepted and escrow's opened and you've probably got 30, 45, 60 days until you take this house. Now is the time while you're packing boxes, while you're maybe dealing with your own sale of your own home, taking a few weeks leading up to that occupancy is the golden hour of time that you can start thinking about the wants and needs and discussing it over dinner. And please do it in a constructive manner. I used to give uh, folks homework. I would slide a piece of paper in front of her and I'd slide a piece of paper in front of him. And I'd said, on there, I want you to put your top three wants that you want in this landscape. Please do that now. And then give me your top two needs, something that you know has to be addressed. It has to, otherwise things just don't move forward. It's amazing the difference in that, it really is. Wants and needs. If you have uh, a lottery ticket in your hand and it turned out to be five out of five with the bonus number, then a lot of this goes away. But that is such a micro fraction of all of us. If you have a trust fund given to you by your grandparent, and it's a biggie, then this all goes away. But that's also a very small part of our society. You know, when you start thinking about this on your own and you start satisfying some of these questions and you eliminate some of the mental minutia that people get lost in, I guarantee you, ladies and gentlemen, that it will profoundly and greatly decrease the confusion, the frustration, basic overall dissatisfaction with approaching a project such as a backyard landscape or a front yard makeover or whatever. And not only that, by you thinking it out and you 
problem solving your way through this, not just mentally, write it damn down. Put it on your computer, write it on a piece of binder paper, I don't care. The project really will solidify when you write it out. Constructively talk it out with your significant other. Seek out professionals at a specialty store. Watch YouTube. Tune in to me. You will learn and empower yourself, not just a bit, but quite frankly, a hell of a lot. Believe it or not, it can actually be fun. And you can enjoy that landscape journey and not just the destination, which seems to be just over the landscape horizon. The, the journey can be 80% of the fun. It really can. Yeah, so you sweat a little and you, you know, you're sore at the end. So what? It's only a temporary thing. So remember, follow the steps that I've always outlined in the 15-step DIY landscape process. Those are always available to you at the bottom of every single podcast, every single video I do over on the YouTube channel. Follow the steps. Create a plan, not just a design, but a plan of approach. Part of that plan is going to be your budget. Always address the serious landscape issues first, and then always balance out those wants and the needs. It's kind of a uh, keeping five balls in the air, the old circus juggler. But once you learn how to juggle, once you learn how to, hey, and so what? Maybe it takes a, a month or two of due diligence. Remember that golden, that golden hour of time you have before you occupy that house? You can start thinking that thing out. You can have those problems solved by the time that you haul backs in the damn driveway. You really can. So think about those things. Guys, I'm going to wrap it up here today. I hope, you, I hope you got something from this. If you do, drop me a comment. Watch it over on the YouTube channel because I'll have a, a little bit more video involved in that one. And keep in mind, we have the new website up. We are looking for your guys' support when it comes to the, the book I slaved over for the past year. And if you're really serious and you want to do this, do this stuff yourself and do it right the first time, consider the DIY course. It's, it's, it's coming out here well, next week. And we're taking uh, emails for any serious interested pre-orders. Hey, I'm Matt and you can call me coach. I appreciated you turning in today. I hope wherever you're at, you're enjoying things, whether it be your commute, your jog, your drive, whatever it was. I was so glad you joined me here today. I will catch you next Friday and every Friday. If you got any questions, drop them in there. And I'll catch you next week. You guys take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of Yard Coach. Check out the original videos on YouTube at Yard Coach or email Coach Matt at youryardcoach at gmail.com. And hey, did you get your free 15-step landscaping project checklist? Check out the podcast description below for the link to your free PDF as well as the YouTube channel for more great information for the DIYer in you. See you next week.